I'm a giant when I stand. Ballin' like the Jets, startin' Jersey like the Nets To New York like the Mets, yeah I win like the Yanks Like the past, fill a check, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah On myself, yeah I bet, yeah I put blood to the switch, yeah From the East to the West, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah Hat, shoes, tickets, what more could you want? Check out A-Style Clothing, Reebok, Awesome Seating, all for discounts on all these products. Now let's get the show started. What is up, everyone? We have a special edition of Grunt Talk Sports. We are joined by Eli Fisherman, who has uh, been doing a lot of work with the Yankees organization. He's been all over the field. He's been in every single class of the organization, low A, high A, I think even the far coast league. He's been the double A, he's been the triple A. And he's been doing an excellent job keeping everyone informed on what's going on. Of course, my brother Bobby Thompson as well. So, what's up, Eli? What's up? Thank you so much, and thank you guys for having me on. Eli, it's a pleasure to meet you, bro, and thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. So, I guess I'll get right to it. I'll just ask how you got started with all this and, like, how you've been doing all this traveling and stuff. I know I'm very impressed with your resume, especially at such a young age. Thank you. Yeah, um, I actually started, you know, really going to baseball games and doing the media stuff when I was 11 years old at Seton Hall University, which is, you know, right by me in New Jersey. And, you know, I would interview players and, you know, write up my own little write up my own articles and try to write scouting reports and sit there behind the plate and do all that. And that kind of developed into eventually working my way to the Staten Island Yankees, who were at the time the Yankees low A affiliate. And then the Somerset Patriots, who at the time were uh, independent and both of those teams, um, you know, I did a bunch of interviews with players there and really kind of covered those teams and, and grew. And then my grandma lives in, uh, in Clearwater, uh, Florida, which is right. She's like 10 minutes from the Yankees, Blue Jays and uh, Phillies facilities for spring training and also their minor league uh, affiliates. They all have two teams there. So I went down there for a couple of weeks every summer and, you know, went around to all the games, watched all the players, interviewed them. Um, and, and this year, everything has just come together because uh, I got my license. So I'm finally able to go to there you um, go. There you go. There you so go. I'm finally able to go to like all the games I want um, to a sense. And that's where, you know, I've really been able to see, as you said, I've been to every single affiliate in the New York Yankees organization from from rookie ball in the Gulf Coast League um, to AAA and Scranton. So, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That, that's, uh, Eli, yeah. I'll tell you this, man, that's, that's impressive for, uh, if I'm not mistaken, what, 18, 17? 17. 17. Wow. Wow. I miss being 17. Damn. It make me feel old. I'm only 29. Jeez. It's <laughs> yeah, but very impressive, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so with all that stuff and then this year, what's something that's really stood out to you amongst doing this? And like, what did you enjoy most about the player interviews? Because I'll get to something I'm doing later and I did tell you off the air, but I'm not going to go there right now. So I want to hear some from you. Um, you know, not all teams are doing player interviews in person this year. So after all, all the season, there's still not that quite the access you want. Um, but you know, a couple of teams are, and it's just been amazing, amazing to do those this year and everything just in 2021 is just so much more special and more significant after everything that happened last year with the minor league season. Um, and 
it feels like there's a lot more eyes on minor league baseball, not only because there was no season, but also, you know, in this last year, the, the issue of pay has become more and more prominent throughout baseball. Um, and just the fact that the players didn't play last year. So the fact that they can have an extra year of time to do whatever they, whatever they did um, to improve themselves in the year off because they obviously weren't playing. And obviously this year has been very, very special because of Jason Dominguez and, you know, Volpe. And there's a lot of really, really exciting prospects. Um, but yeah, just, just everything has been uh, a lot of fun this year. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Grunt Talk Sports. Also have Grunt Talks Nation as well. Again, Grunt Talk Sports, Grunt Talks Nation, both of our YouTube channels. Now back to the show. Absolutely, yeah, especially since everything that happened last year and getting it back to it with minor league baseball finally coming back, which is huge. So last year when the, when there was an issue with that, that minor league baseball night might come back, what was going on through your mind? Um, last year – you really knew from the start that there just wasn't going to be a minor league season, um, um, which really sucked at the end. We were hoping, you know, there was talks about like a a kind of like an Arizona fall league in, in Arizona and Florida for players to play. Um, That didn't really work out. So um, yeah, you really just really just had to wait a long time for, for the spring. And it had literally been almost a year and a half when minor league baseball started this season since it actually played. So, so it was a lot of waiting and it was, you know, pretty brutal for people like myself who really live off that. And you also, you know, feel bad for um, also another thing is uh, 52 teams got cut this year. So there's a lot of people that a lot of people that did lose their job and there's just been so much going, going around um, in minor league baseball. So with minor league baseball, let me ask you this, since you're around it all the time, what makes it, in your opinion, more – is it comparable? I know, I, I mean, like, it's not like major leagues, but is it, like, fun to watch, like, you seeing these guys grow, like, all these guys that could be stars – your stars in the making from down there? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's so hard to compare it to the major leagues just because the difference of the competition at every level is insane. Right. You know, from rookie ball to low A, from low A to high A, high A to double A, double A to triple A. The, the competition difference are just so big because right. through every level you go up, um, a bunch of guys aren't going to make it to the next level. So a bunch of guys are going to get cut. So, you know, every player gets better and better as you go up. But it's just been so amazing to, to watch, you know, guys develop um, throughout, throughout the years. Like, you know, really uh, Oswald Peraza this year is a guy who's really blossomed, you know, who I've been seeing play for a long time. And, um, Glenn Otto, who, uh, was just trading the Rangers deal. He obviously had a big trade, you know, it's so cool. I, I actually interviewed him when he was on the injured list at the, um, facility in Tampa in 2018 when he was, so it was three years ago and then met back with him in Somerset this year when he played for them, um, and got to talk to him and, you know, those kind of things and being able to see those guys grow, not just as athletes, but as people, because, you know, Otto, for example, was 21 and now he's 25. Mm-hmm. So just the development as people and, you know, especially in the Florida Coast League, when these kids are, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old and they're, they're kids playing baseball. But the competition, um, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch just because it really is. I would say it's the purest baseball. And the reason is, you know, people really aren't playing to win. 
in, in, all, in, all, in all honesty in minor league baseball. They're playing to develop and get to the next level because really minor league baseball doesn't necessarily matter in terms of standings. There's only one game in every organization that matters every night, and that's the big league game. Um, so it's really about developing, and every player is playing for themselves in a sense. They want to add stolen bases. They want to add to their resume in every way that they can. So it's, it's a lot of fun and it's really, really competitive. And just the atmosphere around minor league baseball is really fun. Yeah. I haven't got to watch it too much. I know it's, it's a much different element than what we see in the major leagues. Obviously they're fighting for their careers and jobs to try to go up. I'm happy you brought up Glenado because I was going to get your, I want to get your opinions on the trade pieces. So you talk about auto, obviously, what do you think about Duran? The other guys that went in the, um, Gallo deal. And what do you think about Alcantara? And then um, who's the other dude that we traded? This guy, you know, so I thought, yeah. So what did you think about the guys we send in those two deals? And I guess Sahini too. Yeah. Um, overall, I feel like if you look at it from the major leagues perspective, the Yankees obviously completely won at that deadline. I mean, you get Heaney, Rizzo, and Gallo, three pieces that you seriously need. And you really don't give up anything major. Um, and I feel like all those guys that you mentioned, Duran probably has the most potential, but you know, these guys are average MLB players as the, at least that's what they project as. Like you really okay. didn't give up any stars, any guy that's, you know, Alcantara is the youngest. I think he's 19 um, and he's an outfielder and he, he is a top prospect. So he's one of the guys you do worry about, about how he develops um, but in my opinion, the Yankees didn't really give up anyone huge who's going to be a star or who we're going to look back at in a few years and who we're going to say that we really wish we kept them. Um, so I think it was a win. Glenn Otto really, really hurts um, in, in the deadline just because I feel like right now, you know, he can be is an average, you know, late rotation starter in the big leagues. You know, he's going to be a guy who can go out there seven innings and, you know, one or two runs allowed. Um, and that's what he's done in the minors all season. And he didn't really get an opportunity to do that with the Yankees. And they're, you know, kind of blowing through bullpen guys. And, and you know, they brought up the, um, the Asher Woj and they, they've used Nestor Cortez in that role. And that's a role that Glenn Otto, I feel like he should be in. So it's a little frustrating to see him go. Another guy, you know, like Jansen Junk, who went in the Andrew Heaney trade, has like a 1.46 ERA this season. He's just been insane in the minors, but he hasn't even been promoted to double a just because there's the clog in the system um, a little bit just throughout, throughout the organization. Cause the, the Yankees do have a lot of talent at the upper levels um, that they just haven't been calling up. So, you know, it's tough to see, it's tough to see them go um, it is tough to see Duran and Smith and Trevor Hover as well um, is a really, really talented player. So always tough to see those kind of guys go, but, you know, in the long run, I think the Yankees definitely won this trade, especially if a guy like Anthony Rizzo resigns. And we didn't give up, you know, as I said, any any stars, any top prospects. Yeah, I agree for the most part. I think it was a lot of talent. It was a lot of quantity instead of over quality, maybe in front of the frontline guys, because the Yankees kept most of their top guys. Like you said, they didn't, I don't know like exactly how they do the rankings. I know a lot of ranking systems are different. A lot of people said no top tens. I don't know how you feel about that. No, they, there was at least two or three top tens. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I know like people have different scales on that. So I'll ask you about double A a little bit. And I know um, 
Wandy Peralta's down there right now. I don't know if you have any update on him, like what they're what they're planning to do with him. You think he'll be back with the Yankees soon? Yes. Um, unfortunately, they're away. They were away last week when he made his two appearances. So I'm not sure if he'll be with the team this week when I would be able to see him um, in person. But you know, he went one inning of relief on I believe it was Tuesday, and then a couple of days later, um, he started a game um, and went three innings. So they're, they're stretching him out a little bit. He pitched very well Interesting. In, in both of his outings. Um, I think the starting was as much just to, to get him in a better routine um, for three innings and, you know, have him know exactly the time of that he's going to go in and, and all that. And obviously in the minor leagues, you know, you, you don't always know if there's going to be an opportunity where there's going to be three innings in a game for, for a guy to go in. Um, Cause obviously a pitcher could go seven, eight, nine, and you want other guys to get work. So they, so they had him start. Um, but overall, in terms of the numbers, the pitches thrown, um, the strike rate, everything, everything looked really good on the box score. Um, so I would say two, three, four outings um, in the minors, and he should be good to go. So that's probably a week, a week and a half, assuming he makes at least one more. Follow us on Twitter on Grunt Talks MLB, Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Again, Twitter, Grunt Talks MLB, Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram, Grunt Talk Team. Now back to the show. So is there anybody in AA that no one really knows about that you've seen who could really be an under-the-radar type of guy? Yeah, there's there's been a few guys. Um, one guy that immediately pops into the head is Oswaldo Cabrera. Um, he's a guy who can play second, short, um, and third base. And this he's had a serious breakout year this year. Um, you know, his stats aren't going to, aren't going to blow you away, but he, he's, he's looked really, really impressive. Um, the power has really shown, I think he has six more home runs. I think I want to say he's at 12, he's at six more home runs than his entire, and then, than in any year before this season. Um, so, so he's really stood out. Um, he's, I'm sure you know the name, but, uh, Ken Waldachuk has looked really, yep. really, really impressive. Um, so far with them, um, those are, those are really the two that pop into the head, Michael Beltre, um, and has, has looked really good in the outfield and just the players who we've had throughout the season, you know, we've seen Otto Sands, we, uh, Hoy Park was with us at the beginning of the season. That's him. Um, uh, Sands is another, another sleeper guy. Uh, he got promoted to AAA and he's playing very well there. Also, uh, Brandon Lockridge, actually, he's an outfielder. He just got promoted to us. He is on, you know, on the prospects lists, but he, he's insanely fast, hits the ball well, plays a very, very good center field. So he's he's a name to know, too. Is there anybody that really you've been disappointed with, like you thought you'd see a little bit more from them, but you just haven't? Hayden Wisniewski. Um, he was one of the top prospects when he got promoted he had you know like some insane stats in high a he was i want to say fourth or fifth round pick in 2019 and he everyone you know has said that he's looked really good and um in somerset he he just hasn't hasn't performed you know i'm sure his era is probably close to eight at uh, right now um since his since his promotion to double a he just you know really has had a tough time adjusting as i said the levels are just so different as you as you go up so that could be it um so he's really the first name that 
pops into my head. Oh, actually, another guy is Dermis Garcia, just because um, I don't know if you know him, but he was one of the top signings in it was a while ago, probably 2016. Um, uh, one of the top international signings. Yankees gave him a whole lot of money. He's a serious power hitter. He, he leads the organization in 19 home runs, but he's hitting last time I checked 198 and has almost double the strikeouts of the games he's played in. So he strike oh, at, strikes out at least twice a game on average. Um, so, you know, the power is just insane, but you know, it's, it's been a bit disappointing to have him in the lineup every day when he strikes out this much. And just as an organization, you know, you really just can't cut a guy who's who leads the organization in home runs. Yeah. Um, so it's that, you know, like Chris Carter hit 45 home runs and I want to say it was 2017 for, for the Astros, but the strikeouts were so high and his average was so bad. He got released the next year. So maybe we see something like that with, with Garcia, but it's just a little bit tough to see his name in the lineup. Um, you, you know, he's been honestly a bit disappointing, but the, the power is, is incredible. That seems like the Yankees monitor to even the big league level, but like, yeah, I feel like they're going to try to give him some leash because of that, but who knows? We're going to have to see what happens. There's so many guys in this organization, a lot of talents in this school that I feel like people don't even realize how talented the system is. Sometimes you definitely know better than anyone after watching it all this year. So I'm going to get to two big ticket guys. We're going to start with Anthony Volpe, of course, because I know you have something going with Volpe. So I'm curious about this interview you said with him and like, what your impressions are of him. I know I made a funny joke. I want to see him Tuesday. You said that that quick, but like, when do you think he could realistically be in some way? Um, it's, it's a really tough question just because of Oswald Peraza. Right. And he, he is the shortstop there right now. So, you know, in my opinion, Anthony Volpe is too advanced for Hayek. You know, he's, he's better than the competition. He's insanely good. The problem is in double A, Oswald Peraza is not. He, he's really not better than, than that competition. He's, he's 20 years old. That's at a really good level for him right now um, in double A. And they're all, they're both playing every day. So that's important. Right. Um, and for him to go to double A, they would have to split time. Um, so, you know, as I said, like, I really think he's, he should be in double A and he should be soon. Um, and, you know, I, I did an interview with the coach and he said, man, the way he's playing, he's not going to be here for much, much longer. So, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to be going up soon by any means, but I feel like the Yankees might have to make some moves, might have to pull some strings. Maybe Peraza goes up to AAA. I don't think he should. Um, maybe they flip-flop. He goes to back to high A. I don't know. But the Yankees, in order for Volpe to play in double-A Somerset this season, the Yankees would need to trick up their sleeve. So it's, it's, that's a really, really tough question to answer. And I really, really hope that we could see him soon um, in double-A Somerset. And also just in terms of the progression, um, because the most important year in a player's progression is the double-A, triple-A year, where in most times they start in double-A, end up going to triple-A. You know, we've seen it with Sands, Otto, Hoy Park, Diego Castillo um, this season. Um, so I think maybe the Yankees would want to wait until next year but that would potentially push him back in terms of the long stretch until um, 2023, 2024 as a potential debut. So it's a really, it's a really tough question just because I don't exactly know what the Yankees want to do developmentally. 
Yeah, because the real way they can maybe, like you said, get creative. Maybe put someone a second or someone a third or something. Maybe have them both yeah. share the diamond they, together. Yeah, what a lot of what a lot of times they'll do when they have two middle infield prospects together is just flip flop every day, um, second and short. But I feel like right now they want to develop them both as much as shortstops as possible, yeah. and then later when they need to move to second base because you know they they obviously know how to play second base. All right, so I'll ask you about the, the other big ticket item, probably the top prospect in the organization, Jason Dominguez. So this kid gets a lot of hype, deservedly so. I know you've seen a lot. You've got a lot of cool clips of him. So what do you think of him overall? I'm not going to ask for a time frame because it's unrealistic at this point. I don't want you to, like, gauge that far ahead and, like, everyone asks. But, like, I just want to see your impressions and, like, what you think he can do when, once he makes the majors. You know, it, it's really, really tough just to answer any questions about him because – He's 18 years old, playing playing in low A. The sample size is really small. He's only been there for a couple of weeks. And the week that I saw him was his first week in low A. Um, but overall, you know, no one should be comparing him to Mickey Mantle. No <laughs> one should be comparing him to Mike Trout. Yeah, I don't do that. And, you know, it's it's so tough to say, like, at, at his age and what just what he looked like, that he's, you know, going to be an MLB star. He's going to be – an MLB all-star like it's so tough to look at you and say that um and not only because of his age but also you know if you were to look if you were to go watch a Tampa Tarpons game and you didn't know anything about any player on that field I don't think Dominguez might necessarily stand out um as much as you would think like he, he really he really was impressive you know he barreled up the ball a lot um he did strike out quite like a decent amount, which is a little bit worrisome. Um, you know, just his build, he's, he's, he's giant. He looks like an NFL running back. Um, he's got a good arm and, you know, I didn't really see him, him crush a baseball. There was a ball on the outside part of the plate that he kind of threw his hands at. Um, and he hit it over the fence in, in right field. Um, so the power is, is definitely there. He's yet to unlock it. Um, in, in low a, he only has that one home run on kind of, you know, uh, it was almost a check swing that he, that he hit the home run. So oh, wow. the power, the power is definitely there. You could tell that, um, the contact is definitely there. He's got a great, um, power contact mix where he does hit the ball a lot of the time. And when you're as big and strong as him, you know, if you barrel it up, it's, it's going to go at some point. So, you know, it's just so tough to, to to talk about him because of all the hype, you know, it's, it's a bold statement, but as of right now, in terms of the prospect that I feel like it's most going to succeed at, at the, at the major league level, just in terms of where they are developmentally, you know, it might even be between him and Volpe for the Yankees, number one prospect, just in terms of what I've seen in person. Um, but he is he is really special. Jason Dominguez is, is insanely good. He's he's young. He's he's got a cannon for an arm. Just Yankees fans should be really really excited about him and Volpe. Um, but don't your your no one's expectations should be insanely high. Is what I'm saying. He's still only 18 years old. He's got yeah. a long way to go. But a lot of you know upside. A lot like of upside. You, yep, the like upside you, is insane. But there's you know, he's, he's so young. Oh yeah, so absolutely. Tough. He's got so much time and 
And within the next few years, I'm sure we'll hear a lot about him. But my question to you is another Yankee prospect, Austin Wells. What have you heard about him? Um, Austin Wells is another tough one. Um, the bat is, is insane. The bat is he, – he's got a big league bat, and he, could, he can play – he can hit in the Yankees lineup right now. Oh, wow. I would love that. Defense. <laughs> Defense is the problem. He, he, oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, so as I said, he could hit in the Yankees lineup. He he can't play defensively. He he just can't. It's that bad. It's that bad. No, yeah, I haven't seen anything, oh, but that's God. not a good thing. Um, it's it's worse than uh, what I was saying. I don't remember who I was talking to, but I was saying if he can play as bad as Gary Sanchez, he's the Yankees catcher in the big leagues right now. Oh wow! Wow, he's, <laughs> that's something. But he's got a he gets run on like crazy oh, I don't, oh. he his 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 throw to second base just looks so awkward he he bounces the ball um it looks just like off balance and all over the place the receiving he he missed quite a lot of balls you know there's there's always there was a couple times in one game where there's strikes that bounce off his glove and the umpire doesn't know what to call it because it <laughs> bounces off his glove oh boy so it was it was really tough to watch, and what's also tough is knowing that the Yank that he's still a catcher, because um, obviously when someone plays like that, you know you want him to move, want to move him to first base, you want to move him to the outfield, right? Um, so it's a little tough that the Yankees haven't done that already. And what I think is a either they tried him there and it really didn't work, oh boy. or b or b they really do see enough potential in him, which I, I think it's this, I think it's b that they really see enough potential in him as catcher. And they also signed him to an insane contract to play catcher. You know, he's, he's been a catcher his whole life. Right. Um, so I think they see enough potential to develop that he could be a big league catcher, maybe not a good big league catcher, but you know, enough to enough to make it to the next level. Yes. Uh, so, you know what, I'll ask you this about somebody who, I've actually been a big fan of, I know we haven't seen him for a while, Delvi Garcia. What's your opinion on him? Um, I saw one start in AAA this season. Um, I don't remember. I'm, I could be wrong, but this his similar to the line was he went two innings. He gave up six or seven hits and two home runs. Huh. Um, been, and I yeah. want to say four. He, won, he gave up four runs. Um, he is never going to pitch in major league baseball again. Never. He, he, wow. He should be thrown out the window. Um, wow. The Yankees, the Yankees really did broke. something to him. They broke him in the farm. They broke system. him. Yeah. And I was looking at, um, Keith law, Keith law, the, Yan the, you know, the big minor league baseball guy, um, for ESPN. He said that there, they made some mechanical adjustment in him that led him to be a more off to the side three quarters slider guy um, to throw strikes so he could throw more strikes. And what they did in that was because he's so off to the side and because his, his makeup is so different, um, his curveball doesn't work and his fastball's flat. Mm. Um, and because of that, he's been, he's been absolutely crushed. His ERA, last time I checked, I want to say 8.19. Um, so, yeah, the fact that he's 
any no prospect list should have him anywhere near the top. Um, I, Baseball America had him at like ten, and I was like, mm, I don't know about that because I I, I truly think you know he, he's never going to play Major League Baseball again unless he seriously gets refixed. Um, so so it's really it's really tough, and uh, you know as Yankee fans we were looking forward so much to seeing him after uh, it was last year, how well he pitched at the big league level. But um, yeah, that's, that's really all there is now. I just, I'm at, yeah. I, I'm at a loss for words for this. I really am. Did another pitcher, the Yankees broke, go back to Jabba. You go back to uh, who's the, who's the other guy they broke? What was it? It was, uh, it was Jabba and someone else, Jules. Who was oh, Hughes. it? Hughes. Yeah. There you go. Ian Kennedy was not has been much better, although the bullpen. But like, I can't. I'm not surprised to hear. I'm like, I'm surprised to hear it as extreme as you said it. I knew it was very bad because I followed it. I thought people calling from the called up were morons. They have no idea what's going on. And you know, like Garcia, I'm like, you guys don't realize how bad he is right now. You guys don't want him at the major league level. People were saying Woj instead of Garcia. I'm like, yeah, Woj isn't ideal, but Garcia is not the answer yeah. anymore. And the thing was that I saw the thing about the slider and the, and the curve a while ago, and now it's getting highlighted more. I think it was like two months back. Someone wrote something how they wanted to throw more sliders and they got away from the curveball. That was the biggest mistake they made because the curve was his best pitch. And then they just tried to tinker everything. And now he's like shot. I don't know if we're ever going to see him again. You might be right. Yeah, it's just, you know, the statistics you put up in AAA, it's just so tough to imagine him. Um back at the big leagues not this year no way if, if no way all. but like and so we'll talk about more positive things i talked to you mm-hmm. about louis gill who we really like and um i think i would love to see him up this year you say you think that's possible and another guy all reliable adam warren i would really like to see him yes. back up too so what have you seen from those two this year um the yankees the scranton yankees pitching staff is just insane i feel like a lot of people aren't necessarily talking about that um they their pitching staff is is great um gill had a not so great last start unfortunately um in his last outing but just from what i saw from him in somerset this year there's a lot to be excited about um the fastball you know 96 97 he's touched 100 he's got an electric fastball a really really good slider and change up um he's he's a big league pitcher he's he's a big league pitcher and he's young so he's still got some time but Yankees fans should really be excited about him. Um, depending on his performance in AAA, I think we might see him. And this all, it also depends what the playoff situation is in, for the Yankees in September. You know, right. if, st- if they're still fighting every single day um, for a playoff spot, then we're not going to see him. And we're not going to see a lot of the prospects that I think Yankees fans are excited to see in September. And, you know, at least for me, a minor league guy, September is always my favorite month of the year because that's when we're going to see the guys being called up. Um, So it depends on the playoff situation and what we're going to see. As of right now, I would say it's not extremely likely that we see him and more likely that we would see him to begin the season next year. And I also think just from what I saw in Somerset, um, he, he carries himself like a reliever. You know, he, he, he can definitely pitch as a starter, but I think that's going to be where he's going to pitch in the big leagues as a reliever, um, just because he's, you know, 96, 97 as a starter equates to upper 90s, 100 miles per hour as a reliever when you're coming in there and you're just kind of, you know, chucking it every single pitch as a reliever. So, 
it obviously depends on what the Yankees do, what they see him as, but um, there's a lot to look forward to him. And, you know, Adam Warren in AAA has insane numbers, um, a long, an, an old name, a name that we've been hearing for many, many years is Yankee fans. Um, and, you know, Brady Corner in AAA is another name, Matt Crook, Greg Weiser. You know, there's just a lot of guys in AAA that we could definitely, that could definitely help this team. And the Yankees have been very, very gun shy with bringing them up just because, as you said, all the guys that they've failed, you know, all the busts that we've had over the last few years, I feel like they're very, very gun shy. And just with, you know, this year, Krisky and Nelson and those guys who have come in from AAA and, and, and sucked that they're just so worried about bringing up a guy from, from AAA and they'd rather have an Andrew Heaney or rather have a Nestor Cortez starting than a guy like Matt Crook, who's been starting for his entire career. So it's, it's a really tough question just about, you know, when we might see Gill up or when we might see Warren or any of the, any of these guys. Right. I think another low key up problem is like, they don't want to guarantee their money either because luxury right. tax concerns. Yeah, that's true. Um, they do have, I think it was close to $4 million. They said, um, after the deadline left. And I know they did want to save some money for um, in case uh, I was, I heard uh, talk, I listened to one of the talking Yanks um, episodes and they were talking about how, if you release Runet Odor, you owe him, I think it's close to $3 million because part of the contract is that he's with you on the active roster, the mm-hmm. whole regular season. So I think they want to keep that close to $3 million in case um, you do need to make some kind of move where you need to let him go. Obviously, wow. that obviously that's not likely, um, but you know you never know, and you want to be able to have that money, um, so you wouldn't go over the luxury tax. Um, and also for for call ups, you know, it's not an insane amount of money at all, but you know that is that is that is a factor. So you know, I've become a huge huge fan of Estevan Florial. I really have. I think he's absolutely tremendous. Uh, and my question to you is, was that always the case when you saw him even in the minors? He was just always lighting it up? Not at all. Not at really? all. Really? Um, I saw him play for like a week in, I think it was 2018, in um, in low A at the time it was low A. Or no, at the time it was high A Tampa. Um, so w- with the Tarpons. And he really, really struggled with them, you know, the strikeout numbers are, are pretty big with him. So it's, he's, he's really, and it, that was the 20, 2018 season where he really fell off the prospect boards. He was a number one prospect and then dropped down to, you know, like that number 12 prospect kind of guy. So it's really, he really has developed a ton throughout his time in the Yankee system. Um, you know, from the start, he was always a relatively high prospect on all the lists. Um, but obviously this year with the hot start in, in double a moved up to triple a moved up to the majors uh, the strikeout still needs some work, but the home runs, the, the power, and also just, he's a young, exciting guy who's going to play a better center field than a Brett Gardner um, and probably a better center field defensively than maybe a, a Gallo. So, you know, he's another guy who I really wish we could see play extensively with this big league club. I was honestly a little bit surprised that he wasn't moved at the trade deadline just because of how high his value is. And he, he's a big league starting center fielder for a, a lot of MLB teams. But, 
you know, I really hope that Yankee fans can see Esteban Florial in the spotlight at some point in the future. Yeah, but yeah, he's really never he he's always been you know a high on prospect list, but he's never been like oh this kid's gonna come up and be a star. Um, he's he's always been you know right on the brink of it. Even in AAA, he wasn't hitting insanely well um, before his before his call up. So um, you know y- yeah he's 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 a great ball player though, and I've it's been a lot of fun to watch him over the years. Yeah. So I want to ask you this in terms of you know interviewing players as you have now. Obviously, a lot of the players, some of them have difficulty speaking English. Do you think that the language barrier becomes an issue like for somebody like yourself or Julian and I to learn their language so we could speak to them without an interpreter? Because it's not always going to be that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There there is a serious, serious language barrier in in baseball as a whole. And it is tough as, as media, you know, talking to a you know, the, the Luis Medina and Oswald Peraza, the two stars in Somerset, um, you know, we have a translator every time, obviously. And, you know, it, it does get to be get to be tough in terms of, you know, A, you're trying to book two people for an interview opposed to one. And it's, it's the manager of the team that does the translating. And, um, you know, it's just a very different conversation. It's not it's, it's not it doesn't feel like a conversation when you when, you know, someone's translating. And obviously guys, it's guys shouldn't talk if they're not comfortable in a different language. And, you know, it's just so tough for these guys that, you know, the kids from the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and um, all these countries coming here with in a whole new country with people who speak a completely different language. So, you know, I, one of my biggest regrets is not learning Spanish. And I really feel like if, if this is a business you want to get into, um, you should learn Spanish at a young age because that's truly the kind of thing that's yeah. going to make you stand out and the kind of thing that's going to get you a job. Um, you know, the, the Yankees FCL um, rookie league team, probably 20 of the 30 guys on the roster don't speak any English, maybe wow. more than that, um, because they're all, they're all international signings. So, you know, it is, there's a really tough dynamic when you go down there and it's, it's very interesting. Um, just to see it. And it's, it's, it's great to see, you know, people from all over the country, you know, meeting it or not, not the country all over the world, meeting at a baseball stadium in, in Somerset, New Jersey um, and the, the languages. But, you know, I would suggest to anyone. Yeah. You, you know, learn Spanish if you can. Bobby, I'm so happy you asked that because I was literally about to get to that because I am doing tomorrow's the first time I'm doing it. So I'm definitely kind of nervous. I do have a good friend name Raul Ramos is with Connie Aslinas is going to help me I think but um I need to learn Spanish too and I am so this sucks for me but like I w- I did learn at a young age I wish I kept with it more I like got lazy and like forgot to like keep up with it after schooling and stuff I was like wow now I'm gonna try to relearn it again but it's tough yeah it's it's um, Spanish is a tough language and you know what I, I'm always thinking like you always think when you take a language, especially Spanish in school, like you never, you, when are we ever going to use this? But in our line yeah, of work, you know what? That If I could rewind time, I would be like, you know yeah. what? I'm taking Spanish every year because if we can all like talk to players, because some of them don't speak English and some of at them all. might not. Like at yeah, all. They might, they just, they're not going to learn it. And no. that's the nature of the game. So, yeah. you know, Learning Spanish is something like some, I'll be honest, like 
with Julian and I, I know some words. He knows a lot more than I do. Definitely. Yeah, I know like enough, I know some, but it's not enough to like hold a conversation. Like I'll get lost like yeah. when I start to fucking fast. Yeah. Unfortunately, like I can understand basic parts of it. Like I can get like the gist of certain things, but I can't like fully get it. That's a problem. But like yeah. I'll get there hopefully. So I guess I'll ask you. So how's the process work before the game? Like you pick a few guys, you just try to get as many done as you can. Like is it really hectic and chaotic? Yeah, it always has been. It's real oh different this year. It's, it, it always has been, um, you know, like the rush when you're trying to grab guys after batting practice and coordinate all that stuff um, is always a lot of fun. It's, it's been a little bit different this year because, you know, some teams don't do in-person interviews at all. So you have to set them up online and, you know, in places like Somerset, you have to set them up um, in advance. You know, you don't, you know, run around grabbing the guys. I actually so, like that better, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I do like that better. But um, yeah, it it's it's a really hectic, you know, right after batting practice and all the players run off the field and you got to grab your guys and and ask guys when they're available. So but it's it's a lot of fun. You know, that's the best hour of the hour of the day right after batting practice um, when all the players are free. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun experience. We'll see what we can get out there. But I'll transition a little bit. and I'm sure I'll see you tomorrow, too. But um. I want to talk about Clark Schmidt. I know you, I think you saw a little bit of the rehab starts. Um, what do you expect from him this year? And I think you said he can contribute this year on the Yankees, but do you think they'll actually try to start him? Or do you think they'll put him in the bullpen? I think they'll put him in the bullpen to start um, and then, or put him in the bullpen, like, you know, first and then down the road, depending on how that goes, he might start. But just from everything I've heard, he's looked insanely good throughout his rehab starts. Um, he's looked really, really strong. And, if he can keep that up, obviously, you know, he's got a, a, maybe a week or two, maybe a little bit more than that of rehab going because hasn't pitched in the big leagues in a long time. Yep. So probably closer to two weeks. But, um, you know, he's got a long way to go in that process. And he can 100%, if everything goes well, contribute to the New York Yankees this year. And he's a guy, another guy that Yankees fans should really look forward to having back because, as I said, you know, if the Yankees are really willing to give him an, a shot in the big leagues, he's really going to help. Um, and I just hope that everything goes smoothly in that process. He's not given up on too quickly if he doesn't, you know, pitch extremely well. Um, and, you know, obviously coming back from a tough injury at the beginning of the year and having not played in this long, there's going to be some bumps in the road. So, you know, but yes, he can definitely contribute and Yankees fans should be excited about it. Is he going to go through the progression of like high A, like double A, triple A, then majors, like go through all of that? Yeah. Um, he might, he's obviously like going to skip a couple. Um, okay. I think he's, so he pitched in, um, in rookie ball for a week. Then he's been in a high A for a few days. And I don't know if he's going to stay in high A for another week plus, or I wouldn't be surprised if they do have him come to either Somerset, Scranton or Hudson Valley. Um, which are all, you know, in the same region for the most part. They usually go to whichever team is, is home and whichever team is closest um, to New York. So whichever team he goes to, if he even goes to a team up here, they might just have him come straight to – well, actually, wouldn't be surprised if he all starts in AAA for a, few, for a few games before he gets promoted to the big leagues just to see how he plays at that level. So I think – you know, it, I don't think it'll be considered rehab, but I think the next step will be Scranton um, and he'll progress there and they'll see how he pitches at that level. Absolutely. So 
Eli, you know, with a few weeks ago, I saw a stat that the Yankees farm system is actually one of the best in baseball. It really is. So and you've seen it all around. In your opinion, do you think the Yankees have one of, if not the best farm system in baseball? Yes, they definitely have one of the best farms in baseball. It was hit pretty hard at the trade deadline. Um, but, you know, the depth in the system is is just insane, especially at the lower levels. You know, there's the uh, the Alexander Vargas is in low in the, you know, Fidel Monteros and the guys that people have never heard of in, in the lower levels of the system. And obviously the guys who I mentioned in the bullpen in, in the upper levels of the system, um, and just this year, there's been so many surprises who got guys like a Steven Ridings. I don't know if you've heard about him. Um, he was released by the Cubs. He, he's had a really tough go of it the last couple of years. He gets signed by the Yankees, comes to Somerset. I'd never heard of him. And he's throwing 100 plus miles per hour wow. at an ERA um, below one. And he was just extremely, extremely impressive. Um, in Somerset, just lighting up the radar guns. And there's been so many guys like that, uh, like, like the Jansen Junks, who, who just out of nowhere just have absolutely showed up this year. So, yes, this is one of the most talented systems in baseball for sure, especially with Dominguez, Volpe, Peraza, Medina, Gill, um, all at the top. So, yes, there's so much depth. There's, it's so much fun to watch this team. I definitely don't think they're number one um, in, in, in baseball, but they're up there. So I want to ask you about the Yankees this year. So obviously it's been so hot and cold the, before the uh, all-star break. And then after the all-star break, obviously make the big trades of getting Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. So in your opinion, what you see right now, do you see a huge improvement and they're building on this going forward? Absolutely. The improvement just in that first series in Miami, when you, when you sweep, obviously is, is just insane. And what Rizzo and Gallo adds to that lineup, um, you know, we've been asking for left-handed hitters all year and we're finally getting them. We're getting two MLB, MLB stars. They're both MLB all-stars. Um, how often is that, that you can add guys like that together um, at the deadline? So it's, it's a lot of fun. And just this Yankees team definitely moving forward. Um, it's a big step up at the trade deadline. There's a long way to go. Um, the, what Yankees fans need to hope is that they make the playoffs because imagine having this team making all those deadline moves, you know, Anthony Rizzo is only with you for a couple of months and you don't make the playoffs. So that's the biggest thing first is just winning, winning these ball games. Every game right now for the Yankees should be a playoff game. But, you know, there's there's a long, a long uphill road to climb. Absolutely. It's it's a lot. But I will say Anthony Rizzo, I feel, is the spark that lit a fire under the Yankees asses. It really did. That guy just those two home runs he hit literally looked like they were going to go through the stadium. (laughs) They really did. It's just it's just perfect. Like, uh, Julian and I have been saying this for weeks that Anthony Rizzo is the perfect Yankee. And the fact that it happened, I still yeah. can't believe it waking up saying, wow, the Yankees have a dominant first baseman defensively and one of the best hitting first basemen in, in the MLB. And all they did, they didn't even give up any of their huge top prospects. I, I To me, it's a steal from the Yankees. I just still can't believe it. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I would. I do think it was a steal, and they gave up Rule Five guys, a couple of Rule Five guys too, um, who really, you know, as I said, the Yankee system is clogged. They're just not calling guys up, and the guys we gave up just wouldn't really be contributing at the big league level because there wouldn't be the opportunities. Right. So I think you know Cashman did a real good job, and the Yankees fans should be very happy. He absolutely crushed it. And Rizzo's made such a huge impact already right away. He's going to be tremendous. I, we're already saying re-sign, but we'll, we'll skip that for now. So I want to focus on um, Trey Sweeney, actually. What are your thoughts on him, the Yankees' first rounder? I was able to go out there and see him get picked live, so that was kind of cool. I was not expecting him to be there. But um, So what do you think about Trey? I mean, we have so many shortstops in the system. The Yankees just seem to be loading up on their shortstops. Yeah, um, I do think shortstop is a position where if you play shortstop, you can probably play third base or second base. So it, it is an expandable position. And obviously, the best player on the field, for the most part, is usually a shortstop, especially, you know, at that level in college and high school and in the low minors. Um, you know, the best player goes to the shortstop when they're a kid. So I feel like that's just a simple, simple reason. But everything I've heard about him, has been has been great. Um, obviously, a home run in his first professional game. Um, he's only played one so far. He's got another, I think, today. So um, it starts pretty soon. So I have to go oh, look nice. through the box box score on that. Um, and um, I only saw him take a little bit of infield practice for literally like five minutes when I was at the facility. But um, you know, everything he looked really good defensively, like really, really good. He he might play some other positions you know they've said he might go to second base um and might go to third base potentially but you know everything everything has looked good so far and obviously it was a little bit higher up on draft boards and if there's if a team picks someone this high who's on other people's draft boards is is that you know high up then there's there's a reason. Anthony Volpe, if you remember, he was supposed to be like a second, third round pick. Out of nowhere, Yankees picked him late in the first round. And look where that how far that's gotten them so yeah. far. Um, and he was a young shortstop too. So yes, everything from Trey Sweeney, you know, it's gonna be some time. So be patient, Yankee fans. Yeah. But there's a lot to like. So I'll ask one last question because I know we got to run down on time a little bit here. So rule five guys, even could be eligible for trades. And do you think with all those shortstops, they could look to move like a Peraza or someone? I know Volpe's untouchable from what it seems like. Yeah, um, it's so tough to imagine them trading Peraza or Volpe just because, you know, you never know how a prospect's going to translate to the big leagues. I feel like they would want and for them to trade uh, they maybe they could trade them Peraza. Like I could maybe see Peraza going if the deal is right, but you wouldn't want to put all your money on Volpe, put all your, your resources into him and, you know, pray that he's going to be the shortstop of the future for the Yankees or even a second baseman, because you never know how, how that's going to pan out. You know, I could definitely see even in the, in the infield right now for the Yankees, I feel like if Peraza and Volpe are at the big league level, they're going to make room for them whether that's Torres or, or, or Scheller, you know, DJ mainly being a DH first baseman, Giancarlo playing the outfield, whatever they need to do at the time when they're ready for the big leagues, the Yankees are going to make it happen. So it's hard to imagine them being trade pieces. Um, for, in terms of rule five guys, um, there's the Yankees really got rid of their guys who would be top rule five picks. You know, everyone would want them, but there's a few guys like, Everson Pereira, 
who was rumored in the uh, yeah, he was floating Texas a lot. trade. He was um, actually supposed to go in the, I believe it was the Rizzo trade. Um, he was taken out of the game and it looked like he was getting traded. Um, and I think he was just in the conversation. So they wanted to take him out, but he wound up not going. Brandon Lockridge is a rule five guy too. He's eligible. So he might be traded. Josh bro and Anthony Siegler are both eligible. Um, Randy Vasquez, who uh, was just promoted to high a uh, is eligible. So there's a few guys who could be traded, um, you know, but in order for them to be protected, they would, the Yankees would need to think very, very highly of them. You know, that's a big, big step to make to add someone to your 40 man roster. You need to have an insane amount of confidence that they're going to play at the next level. So um, yeah, you know, those are a few guys that are candidates to uh, either be protected or, um, you know, be shipped off or just be taken in the rule five draft. And those are a few names to know. Absolutely. And uh, you know what, real quick, my last question for you is where do you see yourself after college? Michael Case job. Yes. Oh, there you go. (laughs) You'll be getting a call. I'll tell you what, Eli, if you take Michael K's job, you'll be getting a call in from me all the time. So I'll tell you that because, and next time you're in uh, Florida, because I live in Tampa too. Next time you're in Florida, definitely hit me up. I can meet up with you at the stadium. Definitely. For sure, man. All right, thank you Eli, so much. Thank you for coming on. You gave us so much great insight. We would have stretched a little more time if we didn't have to go, but we'll definitely like to have you on in the future as well. I look forward to meeting you tomorrow and we can definitely. all talk about some stuff and then we'll see what happens with this team, the system, the current major league team. We have a lot of things to look forward to these last two, two plus months. Absolutely. Look forward to meeting you tomorrow and thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you so much, Eli.